Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Little farty pyro from Adam Bomb. You either do it or you don't. Hey, I'm ready. Right foot back. <laughs> Begins with a U. It ends with an A. Has a meal dish up there. Cultaholic Classic Raw Review as the other Cultaholic lads get themselves ready for the greatest wrestling match ever on Sunday. We are here via our Ica Pro Power DeLorean with not a great wrestling match in sight. And who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, former Cultaholic Heavyweight Champion Tom Campbell from Isolation Station 24601. I am with the bear in the big blue bar cage. Some know him as the head pen of Cultaholic. The rest are very much assured he is the head pen of Cultaholic. He does not require a pencil from you. The idea of pencils, despite the fact that graphite was used to write with long before ink, the thought of graphite and pencils makes Justin Henry literally vomit. Literally vomit on the floor of whatever faculty he finds himself in. Because he doesn't need a pencil, he needs a pen, because he gets it right every single time. He is Justin Henry, and he is off of America. It's a very Gorilla Monsoon-esque liberal use of literal there. <laughs> I know, right? I like using literal as a, as, as a, as a way of adding emphasis to a word rather than its actual meaning. Rather than its literal meaning. <laughs> oh, I get that. I get that. It's. Uh, I find once you grasp the English language, you are allowed to abuse it. I think, I think his uh, his use of literal over the years in in a non-ironic fashion is what may have screwed a lot of a lot of people up. Actually, it's yeah. I blame Gorilla Monsoon for the fact that the English language is is something that a lot of people struggle with. Yes, it's all. It's all the man from Manchuria's fault. <laughs> it certainly, it certainly is. Have you had yourself a lovely seven days since we last spoke? Uh, I would say it was mostly lovely. I can't think of anything, why, any reason why it wouldn't be lovely. Nothing terrible's happened in your world. Nothing. Just, just we're just we're just cracking on, aren't we? With all the nonsense that's being thrown at you, we're just cracking on. I lead a very break-even life for the most part. <laughs> that's the title of your autobiography, if I ever heard it. A very break-even life. My whole life is 50-50 booking. <laughs> some you win, some you lose. <laughs> and at the end of it, even if you're doing well, if Vince doesn't like it, you'll be dead. That's how it works. And I, come out like, and I come out like Orange Cassidy, just, eh. <laughs> I need to stay alive longer than 36 now, Justin, by the way. I need to point this out to you. 
Um, yeah. Because I, I, we joke on this podcast that I'll be dead at 36. Um, I don't want to die at 36 now. Well, I would hope not. No, uh, and there's a reason for that. It's and, it, and it's not to do with my friends or family or loved ones. Uh, it's to do with the fact that the PlayStation 5 announcement came out yesterday, and one of the games released for the PlayStation 5 allows you to play in a dystopian future where the robots have won, but you play as a cat. Okay, so it's... um. Cat Theft Auto. <laughs> So it's like Mad Cat instead of Mad Max. <laughs> yes! Yes, it is! But you play, as in, instead of playing as uh, a bunch of wild people in cars, you play as a tiny, adorable cat with a backpack. <laughs> Your, name is Mel- ready for it. <laughs> Your name is Mel Kitten. <laughs> <clears throat> Don't use all the good juice in the opening. Save, save <clears throat> some of that. Save some of that sauce for the podcast. <clears throat> is, is, the, is the auditory equivalent of a spot first? <laughs> it is, isn't it? This is this, the bells just sounded, and we've just hit three finishes. So we need to make sure that we pace it, otherwise Randy Orton's yes. going to call us out for thigh slapping. I'm gassic warrior at Mania Six already. <laughs> Before you gas any further, let's crack on with the show. By the way, look up Stray for the PS5. It's going to be amazing. Um, let's crack on with the show. Before I give you the rigors and the ins and outs of what is happening in the wrestling world in this particular week, as we chronologically critique, thank you, OSW Review, uh, the, every single episode of the Monday Night Raw program from its beginning. Uh, Justin, tell us where and when we are this week. Uh, this episode was broadcast on Monday, October 24th, 1994. It is the second episode of a three-week taping from the Something or Other Arena in Burlington, Vermont. I guess it's like the... Okay, Memorial Auditorium in Burlington, Vermont. Remember last week when we had the um, you know, Learning Channel at shots from outside and Savage was all like, Oh, you're blowing my mind with uh, B-roll footage. <laughs> so we're in the same place as that, are we? Uh, yes, we're still there because this is um, – Savage never, Savage never worked another show after this for the company. Oh, man. we are li- So now we are literally running on the fumes of Randy Savage. Well, Savage has been running on the fumes of Randy Savage since about May. I mean, there is that, too. There is that, too. I'm, I am cautiously waiting for the day that the Wrestling Observer drops the news that Randy Savage has left the company. It hasn't happened so far. Well, minor spoiler, where Vince actually acknowledges it on the air when it happened. Oh, what? He does, yes. Oh, man, I think I'm, I'm not re- mentally ready for that. I'm not. Nah, we just gotta soldier through it and understand that we have Henry Godwin and Eli and Jacob Blue to replace him, and it'll be okay. <laughs> we'll be, make do what we have. Gonna be sick. Hey, John Tenter. John Tenter, Justin. John Tenter. John, John, John Tenter. John Tenter. John. Yes. John Tenter. Uh, John Tenter, <laughs> the name that has lost all meaning. Uh, as this episode of Raw is going out, he is uh, he is enjoying his first day as a WCW guy at the TV taping on the 24th of October. For a show that will air the following week, we saw the debut of Avalanche in a handicap match. Uh, mm-hmm. He finished off two guys in pretty quick order. He was accompanied to the ring by Kevin Sullivan and The Butcher. There was an interview uh, afterwards uh, to sort of welcome him in. But uh, mm. Avalanche arriving in Dub C Dub, Justin, do you remember this happening? Uh, somewhat. I was, 
I was kind of excited for a second when you said the butcher. I'm thinking the guy with the monocle on dynamite. <laughs> oh, sadly not. It's the other butcher, like, the one that butchered our friendship. Yes, it's a uh, beefer. And um, I do recall, yes, Avalanche being around at this time. John Tenta taking the different sort of natural disaster name. I guess landslide was um, you know, not cool enough for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. Re- I do remember he had like interesting knockoff music. Remember how his his quick song went dum 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 had, had a cool percussion beat to it. Yes. This is more just like more of a, a, a repetitive thump, just thump, 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 but it was like the same idea. Sounds about it. It didn't surprise me that they kept it very similar to everything he did in WWF. I mean, Renegade had knockoff warrior music, everything. Honky had knockoff uh, honky music, which honky talk man music. <laughs> I should clarify. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good to clear that up. Um, <laughs> If I if I recall Honky Song, it was called, it was called Honky Tonk Baby instead of instead of just like the cool cocky bat or whatever. It was like, like I got all kinds of girls hanging on my back. I'm just your honky tonk baby. It was like the same like exact rhythm as his WBF theme. Yeah, I seem to remember it was. I think I was, I think they did a music video for it to to build him up. Mm. Yeah, it was um not a whole lot of imagination here. No, of course not. But it's uh, bringing him in. As he is going to be another one of these guys that, in, as, as it stands, another one of these guys that's just going to drop to Hogan. Well, if Honky won't even make it that far. <laughs> no, he but yes, he won't. Avalanche was at least in the picture. Uh, ECW put on a show this past weekend, 22nd of October, at Pulsations Nightclub in Philadelphia, in which Sabu suffered a broken and a, dis- a dislocated finger, one of each, uh, in the You're main event me. match. <laughs> no, I know, right? It was, how's this for a main event? Sabu and 911 versus Shane Douglas. And oh, who's this? Who's this from the Classic Raw Review? Mr. Hughes. Yes, Mr. Hughes was, was an EC dub in 93-94. He certainly was. And he was in the main event of this particular night where it saw Sabu go for a moonsault outside the ring onto a table. And as he was midair, the table popped up and his hand crashed into it as the table moved when it was too late to adjust the flight. So he was mid-air. This, he collides with this table almost in mid-air somehow. Huh. Um, Dave finishes off this story by saying, the guy's a real talent, but it's going to be a miracle if he can at least, if he can last. And his style isn't so much something with a high injury risk as much as an injury certainty. And yet he's still wrestling today. He's still going today, which is ridiculous. Uh, now, look out for... Now... Oh, go on, sir. I'm saying the, the part I didn't get is how did the table pop up? Was it going for like the RKO out of nowhere and it just it botched it? I wonder if it was a bit like uh, if it was a table made, if it was the same stuff that they made the pop up pirate board game out of. <laughs> Maybe it's made of flubber. And it's like, <laughs> it's like sentient. Turns out it was Taz disguised as a table. <laughs> hey, my table here, Cole. <laughs> hey, look, Cole. Hey, I'm a table. I'm a table. <laughs> I got a paperweight on my head, Cole. John, <laughs> I am the table. I hey, hey, go! I am the table. That's a lovely <laughs> mental image. The TV show Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous is doing a segment on Bret Hart. They were filming at Stu Hart's house on the twenty fifth of October. Oh yes. my God! How is that person still alive? Robin Leach. How is Leach? How did Leach not get stretched by Stu? Yeah, maybe, maybe he was. <laughs> 
Hey, I uh, heard you was a uh, drunk at uh, WrestleMania 4 when you brought that about that. Uh, that's not cool. Uh, let, me sh- let me show you something. Don't uh, go yeah. into the basement! Uh, I just wanted to show the furnace. Uh. <laughs> There's two occasions where you do not go into the basement. When visiting the Hart family home and horror movies. Well, isn't that the same thing? Fair point. Well, mate, <laughs> uh, you'll be surprised to know that a lot of the checks that Herb Abrams wrote for that show we talked about the other week are bouncing. Get the hell out of here. I know. If you were at the Blackjack Brawl and you were working, congratulations, you've won yourself a shiny rubber check. Uh, now, Herb has claimed this was a clerical error, although this wouldn't be the first time that it's happened on Herb Abrams' show where people have not been paid. Uh, the rule of thumb working indies, says Dave, is beware and negotiate with both eyes open. But the rule goes double with promoters who already have a track record. Actually, if it's, if it's a promoter, make sure your third eye's open also. <laughs> Did they end up getting paid for that show, do we know? I cannot confirm or deny, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume it didn't go well because that was the last UWF show ever. Uh, yeah, I'm going to assume that... Uh... Nobody got paid for that. And uh, you can find out more about Herb uh, watching Dark Side of the Ring, if you haven't done so already. The the episode that... I know, unfortunately, he passes away at the end, but i got to say that was easily the most hilarious episode of Dark Side of the Ring ever. Just for the depictions and the stories. It's There has to be like a full-blown movie based on him. I feel like if they were to do a movie on him, people would mm. say, oh, that's unrealistic. I would think so, but I I know exactly who has to play him in the movie. Go on. Charlie Day. Now I'm going to look up Charlie Day. If you watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, it's him in it from... Charlie. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Yeah. He's short, hyperactive. Yeah, actually, that's a good shout. Just picture him in the cactus singing Day Man. <laughs> He would be brilliant in that. That would be amazing. Oh, whilst that thought percolates in your brain, uh, let's take it over to Justin Henry, who is going to talk us through this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. Now, you're going to notice a recurring theme throughout this entire show, which I not only noticed, but a certain young musician noticed as well. But we'll get to that at the end. Mm-hmm. We start out kind of cold here. We're just going right to the first match. We have Vincent Savage bathed in darkness at ringside like they're the Phantoms of Burlington, Vermont. As they're running down this show, Savage talks about Tatanka and calls him, and I wrote this down as an exact quote, the most controversial Native American of all time. <laughs> I didn't realize there was a list. Yeah, he, it's, um, I, I didn't know what to do with this information. I didn't know like, 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 like how to Google search who could be, you know, on his level. Like the, who's sort of like the um. I can't think know. of any other controversial Native Americans. What about you, Chief J. Strongbow? Can you think of any? <laughs> Chief J. Just disappearing into the hedges. <laughs> <laughs> You're Italian like me, right? <laughs> anyway. So I, I I had to ask, what is the criteria for that? Like, what makes you controversial? What makes you controversial? Um, I guess um, selling out to Ted DiBiase. 
<laughs> is he like a big fan of like of a redistricting or something? Like, is he is he trying to like pass some sort of legislation that would um? I think he's happy for casinos to come in. Well, it's not really controversial. I mean, gambling is it? We should have gambling. Someone wants to lose their money, so be it. We should have their money. Justin Henry, two thousand twenty. We should have gambling. I mean, look at. Okay, well, that's. It's. It, someone can blow their money to, as they see fit, as long as you're not buying like a legal like. Well, I mean, who, who might tell someone what, what to buy with their money? Exactly. It is at this point that we stop to tell you this podcast is sponsored by PaddyPower.com. Now, for your first bet on us, you get thirty points. You don't. We're not sponsored by Paddy Power. We are in fact sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> Hey, what's this bag next to me? Oh, good. My laundry's done. <laughs> it's been done thanks to Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> oh, mate, I'd love to be sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends. That's, uh... I might just shoot them a video proposal. You should. You should um reach out to them and, like, just beg. I, I'm happy to. <laughs> just plead. I'm happy to. <laughs> We have an audience that spends no money at all. Hello? Hello? <laughs> but I like saying Raid Shadow Legends. Does that help? Our opening match here is the featured match, obviously. It is the Intercontinental title bout as Razor Ramon defends against Yokozuna. Now, this match, is it fair to call it uneven? In terms of size, yes. Um no, no. I think because I, I, I think see, that uh, Razor has far more upside than Yokozuna, and it's unfair on Yoko. Well, I was thinking more in terms of, um, you know, just like it had, it had its ups and its downs. There's a lot of, like, there were exciting moments in this match, and then there were just some dreadfully dull moments. No, no, no. It was in kind this, of... We had, we had some all right moments in this match, and then we had a nerve hold. Oh, oh, hang on, we're not there yet. But, um, <laughs> uh, 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 I've got my um, I've got my caffeine pills right here. When we get to that part, <laughs> we get this weird spot early as I think Yoko attacks before the bell, and we have a tight shot at ringside of Cornette checking his pulse for some reason, his own pulse. <laughs> I'm thinking that there was like something botched in that in, 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 in Yoko's stampeding attack. So they had they did like this random cutaway to Cornette to kind of cover it up. Yeah, I, something I, went I, a bit skew if there, didn't it? I did it right. The hell was that? Because I mean, this is a tape show, so it's something a little a little off kilter here. I will say that this match feels like a big time matchup, more so than say Jarrett versus Doink. You got two true heavyweights here. Yeah, I I feel like you. I feel like they missed a trick with this. In the sense that you could have, you I, I don't think it's a pay. I don't think this is a pay per view match at all. But I think that mm. you could have given this more than just like a one week build with a video thing. I like the idea oh. of at least having a promo from Yoko, say like you know, saying his intentions and why he wants the Intercontinental Title, you know, or Razor Ramon yes. or Razor Ramon getting, you know, getting beating getting a beat down by Yoko or something like a tiny bit more jeopardy going into this match. Would have been nice. Now you're saying that Yoko would have to speak, or, or Cornette would speak on his behalf. Oh, Cornette would speak on his behalf. I was gonna say, what would the promo be? Just him doing like a leg drop to like a, a box of toothpicks or something. Hmm. 
or just like threaten to shave Razor's chest by holding a razor up and smiling, or I don't know. Uh, quite possibly. I think I just think they could have just done something a little bit more. Sure, sure. This is um, you are kind of squandering a fresh matchup here, and and possibly a big one too. I, I, I will say this crowd is actually very hot because when Razor hits this leaping clothesline and drops Yoko, you see people just going ballistic. But the problem is because this is a tape show, the acoustics are all screwed up because the heat machine is running. <laughs> yeah, you can tell. You can tell that there's a disconnect between the crowd and the uh, and, and the heat machine. Yes, the sound is uh, it's definitely off, and that's unfortunate because it seemed like they really got up for this one. Mm. So Randy Savage, after I'm um, talking about, we're discussing the match in uh, very frank details and talking about you know how important the victory here is. He begins a trend for the evening. Now, Tom, we're coming off the debut of the Action Zone the day before, mm -hmm. the Brett versus Owen World Title match on, on the show that was supposed to stick it to the football pregame shows for for daring us take. Uh, take away ratings and market share from WWF Sunday Morning Fair. Savage quoted the great John Madden, former coach, former commentator, and long-reigning video game uh, magnate, by saying, winning is a great deodorant. It's a weird quote. sentence, that is. Yeah. It, it is. It is, but it's true because it washes away all the nastiness. <laughs> you win once. It's like... If you're on a losing streak, you know, you're on a losing streak and people think you're a bum. But when you win, all of a sudden everything's refreshed. I feel like I'm, I'm currently in the process and I have mm -hmm. been for the last couple of uh, a couple of days of, re of, of listening to an audio book called The Tools of Titans, uh, which is a, a series mm -hmm. of interviews and such that have been conducted. And it's all about like ways of becoming wealthy, healthy and wise and all of this. Uh, I, I have a feeling that phrase is going to come up at some point in a section. It feels like something that would come out of this book. And, well, it is better than, you know, you you miss none of the shots you don't take or whatever, or whatever Bo Dallas was spewing six years ago. Mm. Bobby Vince had the audacity to call that a machoism, but no, because it makes sense. Yeah, I, and that was a, again, little dig on Savage. A little, a little cheeky little dig on Savage. Although... Um, I can't remember who said it. There was one particular line in here that um, that made that <laughs> sounded dad. I think it was Savage that said it when it when they said um, Razor Ramon using Miami street smarts. Wouldn't that be be much more violent than uh, what happened? Well, they said it after he hit Yoko with a flying clothesline. So I'm imagining all these people on the streets of Miami who are decking each other with flying clotheslines. Because that's apparently how Miami street spots work. Well, that's how Tubbs took out the drug dealer on a, on that one Miami Voice episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, but that whole Madden thing, that begins kind of a pattern for this show. Because as much as they go on about, you know, screw football pregame shows, football suck, blah, blah, blah. They mentioned football a lot on this show, a lot. Mm, for, yeah, for some for a company that aren't bothered about football, they do talk about it quite a lot. Yeah, they um may have a little bit of uh, ratings envy here. Oh, just a little, just a little bit. It's it's they're <laughs> seething. It, it's subtle. It's subtle though. They don't 
go too far. So we get a pretty cool spot here where Razor goes for a crossbody, but Yoko catches him and slams him. But keep in mind, Razor's like a 270-pound man minimum. Yoko, when Yoko caught him, he didn't even take a back step. It was like Razor hit a wall, like this sort of immovable wall. Yoko just has great low center of gravity and, of course, girth, understandably. Mm. So I wrote Yoko slows it down, and that wasn't doing it justice. Because we go to the nerve hold. Yeah, this and then we is go to uh, quite a nerve hold. A get on my nerve hold, I think is what they should be calling it. <laughs> a get on my nerve hold. Get on my nerve hold. How bad was this nerve hold, Tom? It was so bad. We came back from commercial, and you guys still had it applied. <laughs> Usually, you do action going to the commercial. Then you come back. Then you're in the rest hold. That's TV tradition. No, Yoko bookended the commercial breaks with the nerve hold. <laughs> so we return. It's still applied. Yoko ends up. He ends up coming to life at one point. He has Razor down in the corner, and he just beats the crap out of Razor Ramon in the corner of the ring. Like a, a very frenzied attack, which is, I assume, was um, him getting his second wind. And boy, it ran out quickly because all of a sudden he applies a double nerve hold. One for each trapezius. It, it goes, he doubles down on the nerve hold here because it's all, I like the idea of the planning in this match going, right, I'm going to put the nerve hold on you. And then just to really add the tension, we're going to crack the other nerf. We're going to really ramp that crowd up, Yoko. Like, I'm pretty... I mean, that's like, you know, it's twice as painful, obviously. Can you imagine, like, if Meng put on, like, a double um, tongue and death grip? <laughs> it I mean, would, pretty sure, like, the... It would be appallingly <laughs> painful. Pretty sure, like, the Geneva Convention, like, he forbids that. So Vince goes on about Buddy Ryan, who at the time was the coach of the Arizona Cardinals and at one time coached my Philadelphia Eagles. He compares Cornette to him, and it's like the third week in a row they brought Buddy Ryan up. Why? Who knows? Meanwhile, Savage goes on about how the NFL studio hosts like Terry Bradshaw and Mike Ditka. They were caught, he caught them watching the Action Zone during the commercial breaks yesterday, which begs the question, was Savage stalking them? Well, doesn't Savage reference that he was out doing something on a, on a, at, a, at a function recently? So I wonder whether or not he just bumped into them during that. Well, he, well no, he said during the uh, pregame shows that Bradshaw and them were doing, during during their commercial breaks, they were watching the Action Zone. Oh, right. Um, I think either that or those drones that he placed just outside of the uh, of the studio are, are, play, are paying dividends. In fact, John, what would Randy Broken Savage's Randy. surveillance drones look like? <laughs> Prepare the battlefield for massacre, whatever that means. <laughs> Can you imagine Savage in the friggin' final deletion? He'd have been so good. <laughs> oh my god isn't that what Bonesaw vs. Spider-Man really was <laughs> uh, functionally <laughs> Imagine, oh god you could have had Savage being thrown in the in the uh, in the river and coming out in the, in the lake and coming out as Bonesaw 
<laughs> oh my god, that would have been something. That's a shame that. There's another reason I'm sad. Randy Savage is no longer with us. Yeah, he's very much missed. He would just he would embrace something like this. So, so they really lay the football talk on thick during this rest hole, but Razor makes the comeback. Yoko misses the corner charge, and Razor gets this high middle rope bulldog for two. Razor got some height on this one. He, uh, he really flipping did. All the while, Savage makes more football references. And then we come to the finish. You see, Yoko gets knocked to the outside, or, or they fight outside, and Yoko throws him back, and I can't remember now. It's been a few days. The finish of this match is that a druid pushes a casket to the ring, which causes Yoko to lose his mind and then hightail it. The problem is, because of the shoddy camera work, apparently, we don't see the casket for a full 30 seconds, and Vince has to describe stuff that's off camera. Wait a minute, I see a casket, and there's a man pushing it. Yes, it's it's coming up the aisle. There's a casket, and he, he goes on forever. And then it finally comes into view, and then, yeah, we get the finish. But man, like Vince had to go into full narrator mode there. You see, the thing is, you could have got away with not selling the arrival of the casket until it came into shot. And I think it That's would have true. still been effective. I thought that Vince sort of ruined the surprise a little bit. Like if if Yoko had just stumbled backwards and then and sort of reeled forwards, we'd have gone, oh, what was that? And realized then it was the casket. And go, oh, okay, it's the casket. But I think that that's that kind of that kind of nuanced storytelling won't be used in this company for several decades yet. And the commentary from Vincent Mann is very much, let's hit the nail on the head until the, the head is bent. Let's keep hitting the nail on the head. Was he afraid that, uh, you know, the emphatic shot of Yoko standing there at ringside, catching his breath would hurt cause fans to jump to watch football instead. I think that's what it must've been. He was clearly frightened of anybody switching off so it's like constant hyperbole hmm. mode what's having on murphy brown right now <laughs> so the match was fine until the until that crap finish you know, razor wins by count out and as yoko's running away savage informs us yoko's probably back in japan by now <laughs> or vermont is right next door so finally we get a survivor series report Yay! Now, I am a big fan of the aesthetic for Survivor Series 94. I forgot how cool it was. Like, the CGI with, like, the, the Wild West stuff. It looked great. Well, it is in San Antonio, Texas, so they are going with a very uh, rustic theme for this one. They have this sort of, like, dramatic cowboy music, which sadly replaces the saxophone song from previous years. I was not happy about that at the time, <laughs> or even today, actually. Would you say you were livid? I wouldn't say I was livid. I was just mildly disappointed. I had ECW and The Simpsons. I was fine. That's fine, then. So we got these 32-bit graphics for the, that depict, like, um, Texas uh, scenery behind Todd, who's dressed tastefully this weekend. Todd kind of re-entered the lexicon recently, did he not? He really did. And you know what? I love it. I'm so glad that we're now we're getting a Survivor Series report now that Todd Pettigill is once again back in the cultural discussion of professional wrestling. So happy. My first now, my first response was to be appalled. But then the more I thought about it, I realized he would be like the, like the second or third most useful announcer in the company today if he was there full time. He would actually put a lot of people to shame. 
Yes. Um... And you know what's sad is I kind of feel like had this pandemic not occurred and had they still done the takeover in your house thing, we probably would have had him walk down the ramp on the pre-show. And get choked up by Samoa Joe. Oh, I'm to think who could have beaten him up if somebody would have beaten him up. <laughs> he would have come like during the pre-show where you got Pat McAfee going, oh, okay, this is the show. And then just suddenly you hear, all right, everybody, welcome to In Your House. And there's Todd Pettinger walking down the ramp and everyone's heart bursts because it's the 90s again. Pettinger's in the ring telling everybody to call their cable operator and tell them to get the double, get the NXT, the NXT on their providing service and then just as he's giving it giving it all that lights go out fall and pray it's killer cross <laughs> classes him <laughs> or indu share it'd probably be indu share if anybody send indu share out there clatter him i would have bought a carrying cross shirt at that point <laughs> but only a shirt that depicts the moment that uh, todd pengel's soul left his body yeah, so they have Barry Dudinsky selling them at ringside. Barry selling them. Well, not your shark, but Barry <laughs> Dudinsky. I'm not sure we can handle Todd and Pat McAfee on screen at the same time. <laughs> so Todd's actually glitching out here because of the background behind him. It's kind of funny because it's like rudimentary 1994 graphicking here. <laughs> I like love it. So Todd is basically like a um. He's like, it's like watching Escape from L.A. when like the entire world was like artificial. That's that's kind of what it felt like. But anyway, so we got highlights of Brett Brett beating Owen on the Action Zone, and it says, "And for those who missed it, let's take you back." But I thought everyone was going to watch it because because talk football sucked. Yeah, there's, there's, it's it's a little wording thing that I'm surprised Vince allowed to go through because, you know, if you if you say in case you missed it. It gives the impression of, as you say, people didn't watch it. It's a case of changing the wording to go, here it is again. <laughs> I know you'll want to experience this again. You just changed the wording slightly. Yeah, you should have, but they weren't thinking back then. Clearly not. So after the matchup, Brett accepts Bob Backlund's challenge for Survivor Series. And sure enough, we will get Brett versus Backlund for the WWF Championship on the fourth biggest pay-per-view of the year. But you know what? I think that I think Brett's promo kind of sold it the right way with Brett going, you know what? I'm I wasn't going to pursue you. I'm looking for other challenges. But you know what? Forget that. You've, yeah, you've that, done my head in. Let's get it settled. I'm, I'm excited for this because Mr. Backlund has uh, turned the world on his ear. It really, it really has. It really, and it, do you know what? It's it's so funny because. Bob Backlund is now the divine constant on the classic reviews, the Cultaholic classic reviews. Bob Backlund is carrying this show. Because he just turned up on SmackDown. The one that me and Matt reviewed. Making Bob Backlund runs out to save Kurt Angle. He's like, oh, great. So now Backlund's on both. Amazing. <laughs> I, I can't wait 22 years from now when we're doing the, the, the 2016 shows. And we got the and we got the Mick Darren Young great again vignettes. Oh, I mean, my no, God. Another goddamn Backlund promo. <laughs> well, we've got Backlund live on the show to talk about it because he's still alive. It's, uh, he'll be a head in a jar like Futurama. <laughs> he'll be on an iPad like Regal slash Krang from NXT this week. <laughs> Take me to him. 
That made me think. It's like crying. <laughs> John. <laughs> John, can you do Drake Younger, but with William Regal in in Drake Younger's in Drake Younger's stomach? Actually, I may have a better idea for the host body based on this next uh, match here, because we have another match in after Survivor Series. We are back to the old school five on five elimination matches. Amazing. <clears throat> One team is called Guts and Glory. Captain by Lex Luger, and here are his teammates, Mabel, Adam Bomb, and the Smoking Guns. That is a 1994 sentence. That is as American as apple pie. Yes, uh, Cowboys, Nuclear Waste, and Rap. <laughs> yes! And their opponents are the Million Dollar Team. Tatanka, Bam Bam Bigelow, the Heavenly Bodies for some reason, and a nine-foot-tall King Kong Bundy, according to the graphic. <laughs> Bundy did look big. Well, they had the four guys like in, in the front row, and they had Bundy behind them towering over them. Like, like that could be your crankhost body right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Why are they insistent on times that Bundy's tall? He's like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, maybe. But to make him look like he's about seven, about seven six, when he's clearly not. They're just selling an ideology, aren't they? Yeah, it's like he's just like King Kong. He's gonna climb the Empire State Building with uh, a lunger blaze in one hand. He literally did. We filmed it. That's a, that's right. <laughs> they did film they it. They did indeed. There's evidence. He climbed Titan Tower. <laughs> and into our hearts. So anyway, more matches will be announced this coming weekend, as Todd makes a total ass of himself with uh, the self laughing at his own little quips. <laughs> oh, that laugh that he did! Oh my God, such a punch-worthy laugh. You know, there was um, I learned something interesting about how about how the entertainment industry works a while ago. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a semi-disgraced comedian, Louis C.K. Yes. He was on Opie and Anthony one time because he was one of the regulars. And apparently, at the time he made an appearance, he was in some movie coming out starring Martin Lawrence. It was like a – I can't remember what it was called, but he played Martin Lawrence's agent in the movie. And Anthony had seen the trailer for it the night before while watching some other movie. And there's a scene where, where Louis C.K.'s character, who, who's like comically oblivious, makes some really lame pun He'd say, in the trailer, and then he laughs at his own joke. And they ask him, why did you – what was up with the laughter? Like the, like the line wasn't even that funny, but then you had to laugh. And Louis said, well, I was told by the director that I have to laugh after I say it so the audience will know that it was funny. And I, I, I come back to that quote a lot when I watch like a lot of stuff. There's quite Whether a lot like... that does that. There's, there is um, – I, I – okay, I have no shame in saying this. Okay, I have a lot of shame in saying this. <laughs> um, on... You fake laughs with me? <laughs> no, no, no. I actually, I actually don't. All my laughs are legit. A lot of people think that I, I do a fake laugh, but that's not the case at all. Uh, it's a real mm-hmm. laugh. It just, it's a big, boisterous laugh. No, um, I watched on Netflix the RuPaul comedy series, AJ and the Queen. Okay. It's awful, but I watched it in one sitting because I was so drawn into how bad it was that I couldn't stop watching. I was just just captivated for about five hours as just to how 
Alex started watching it with me and she fell asleep after episode two. And normally with something like that, I go, okay, well, I'll stop it there and I'll watch something else. We can watch it together. I knew she was hating it. I knew I was loving it. <laughs> I let her sleep. I carried on watching. And it's awful. But RuPaul has this thing in it where every time RuPaul's character makes a joke, everybody in the scene laughs. And it's so blatant. Like in like a little, it doesn't have to be like a, a big, but um, Tish joke, like a little snide comment or a little quick one-liner, everybody stops and laughs. <laughs> and it's so, it's so forced. And I love it. And it's partly for that reason. It's that insecurity. It's part of the reason why I really laugh at a lot of my own jokes. It's insecurity sometimes. Because you are nervous that you, what, what you're doing is getting over. And uh, now does, there's a bit of that with Todd. Does, um... A producer's repulse show come on over the intercom and say, everyone make sure you laugh hard at these jokes, so uh, make sure you cheer this part, make sure you boo this. And... I'd like to think that he did. I'd like to think that now that we don't see it at the performance centre, we've got signs that flash that say cheer, boo. <laughs> Applause. <laughs> Applause. Silence. Dismay. <laughs> You've still got it. Turns out just like the janitor sweeping something up, you've still got it. My first, my first day on the job. <laughs> I'm isolated for two weeks of COVID. I'm back. You've still got it. <laughs> you've still got it. As in, you've still got the um, virus. Yes. Speaking of still got it, we have on next week's show, we have still got it versus where is it? It's <laughs> Bob Backlund takes on Lex Luger. <laughs> You know, Where is it? I, bag I don't on... know! <laughs> I bag on Luger a lot on this show. Oh, he deserves his... it! Oh, yes. It's, it, it, it is deserved, but I, I just want to say he's had brilliant moments in his career. <laughs> just for those out there who think I'm just picking on him exclusively. If we watched Nitro in 95-96 when he was um, a heel to everybody else but a baby face to Sting, and he, was, and he cut these wonderfully insincere promos, that was a brilliant run, mm. and I would pra- I'd, I'd be praising him every week if we watched those shows. Here, not so much. No. Here, he very much feels like he's uh, he's always seems like a deer in the headlights in these. Mm. Yeah, kind of a cardboard cutout of a of a babyface superstar. Mm. Incidentally, before we move on from the Survivor Series update, I'm mm. it's very weird to see a pay per view on a Wednesday. Well, this is actually the fourth straight Survivor Series that's on a Wednesday. Is it really? Oh. Yes, Thanksgiving Eve, and this is actually the last one. Is in '95 they go exclusively to Sundays. Is it just because it's... they always move it to whenever Thanksgiving Eve is? Well, the first four Survivor Series were on Thanksgiving night, mm. '87 through '90, and then in '91 they moved it to Thanksgiving Eve for not really sure what reason actually, but that that became the new tradition. And in '95 onward, all Sundays. Right. <clears throat> I figure for um, 95, it was because of the TV taping schedule for all the in-your houses and such. They just wanted to have uniformity on the Sundays. Hence, hence why they moved SummerSlam from Monday to Sunday as well, which makes sense. Yeah. Speaking of um, – we're talking about Luger and Guts and Glory. Here we have the Smoking Guns in action against Barry Hardy and Mike Bell. And I, I got to say, it, it is so weird to hear Randy Savage discussing this Survivor Series and knowing what's to come. Yeah, knowing that he's he, uh, not going to be there because he's pre- he becomes persona non grata so quickly. It's very he, sad. Yeah, you don't even associate him with that show anymore, or in any way. 
So the match begins during the break because apparently we're running long. Yeah, all of a sudden, you got Bart Gunn just pounding on a, a Mike Bell. We get a double Russian leg sweep. This nice vertical suplex drop kick combination where I think Bart had him up for a vertical suplex and then Billy drop kicked him out of his grasp. Sidewinder finishes and a beauty it was. Barry Hardy never even tagged in. No, it was all uh, Bell taking a beating. I enjoyed some of the Smoking Guns doubles offense. Oh, they had some great tandem moves. They just didn't really show a lot of personality, that's all. Yeah, they're just a, still a little bit sort of white meat. Yeah, it's sort of like a primordial version of America's Most Wanted. Nice. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, if if the guns had like had like the um, 2005 heel version of AMW as personalities, they'd have been great. Especially James Storm half-drunk, cutting goading promos. But alas... Mm. So, so for some reason, we cut the Tatanka, who's staying in front of a brick wall. Apparently, he's at Danger Fields in New York or L.A., wherever that's at. Getting ready to do stand-up. John, I want Tatanka as a comedian. <laughs> did you ever notice how women always did the toilet seat? Um, that's the joke. joke. <laughs> you suck, Tatanka. And he's, he goes under the wardian and starts chopping him. <laughs> 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 McTonka. <laughs> now did we have the Tatanka remix recently where it's the it's the ward cry followed by money 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 um this might be the debut of on roll as far as i know Hi. i think because well in this pro he calls luger a so-called american well i don't think that part's in doubt the tongue is a Lex Luger birther. <laughs> Doesn't he call him an immigrant? I don't think he called him an immigrant. I, I think he called him a so-called American. So-called American. I might have misheard that because I'm sure he called him an immigrant, which which made me chuckle because it's not incorrect. <laughs> Maybe I was just thinking of like his favorite Led Zeppelin songs. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, Brody's here. Oh. That would improve the show, so we can't have that. <laughs> so Tatanka faces Scott Taylor, and yes, as noted, Tatanka does have the uh, mashup song. So we get this really nice random throwaway line where Vince says, "If Walter Cronkite can be seen at a Grateful Dead concert, anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation." <laughs> Walter Cron, was that now? That really happened, didn't it? I, I'm going to assume that it did. Mm. The news is real. Everything else is fake. Exactly. In this company. Uh, take, uh, as real as Savage's comments during the Tatanka Scott Taylor match. Really now? Mm-hmm. Where, Which comments might those have been? The ones where he's giving love to the Slim Jim racing team. And uh, oh, yes. they all went for food at Biddy's. <laughs> and when asked if they want dessert, they said, no, we'll snap into a Slim Jim. Because, yes, as because we that... all know, Slim Jims make excellent dessert choices. Yes, because after scarfing down a big spicy meal, the next thing you want is more beef and more spice. Oh, I'd love a Slim Jim at this point. I, for, <laughs> for, for one night this weekend, I'm going to have my tea, and then for dessert, I'm going to have a pepperami. And I'm going to see how I feel, and I will report back. <laughs> make sure you garnish it with something like Ready Whip. <laughs> No, I'm just going to eat it dry with a picture of Randy Savage next to me. At Biddy's! 
He'd be very proud. <laughs> I think that he does I think call that's this, his legacy. He does call the Slim Jim Cars victory in that race a Slim Jim type of situation. <laughs> what does he mean by that? Like, I try to fathom. <laughs> he doesn't know what that I means. I literally don't know what that means. I try to fathom <laughs> what that might mean. <laughs> and I can't. <laughs> Were you in front of the chalkboard like Goodwill Hunting doing the equation trying to figure it out? Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm gif of Zach Galifianakis with numbers flying around him trying to work it out. <laughs> I'm well, Winona Ryder because... accepting an award trying to work it out. Um, and, and the only thing I can think of is like maybe they won by a hair. Slim. Well, what does that do with Slim Jim? Like, There's no hair in Slim. slim... It was a slim win. Like, there wasn't much between it. That's all I can... I don't know what it means! That's, I can't, Tom, I can't Tom, it Tom, Tom, You're putting too much effort into this. I think I'm putting more effort into what Savage said than Savage did. It's like trying to interpret, you know, just gibberish. <laughs> Savage is just saying words because he's half delirious. So Tatanka beats Scott Taylor up. He sneers a little more than he used to. That's how you know he's a heel. He uh, he gets a nice gut wrench throw at one point, which you never really see. I did know oh, Vince is going to miss that Slim Jim sponsorship, and he would. Yeah, it's good money in that. Taylor gets the false hope finished attempt. Cannot finish Tatanka off, though. Flying Tomahawk hits, and the end of the trail finishes. And then after the match, he beats up Scott Taylor some more. Because screw Scott Taylor, because he brought the worm into wrestling. Oh, how's Scott Taylor doing over on your show right now? With you and Matthew, he's what he is one of the big stars right now. Like too cool, mm-hmm. the, one of the hottest acts in the company. So he's in, he's in great, he's in a great place right now. He's wrestling guys like Benoit and and Malenko <laughs> on a regular basis. He's doing all right. You know, it's so. You think back to that period. Now, everybody's on crossing streams here, but that's how people got over. It just it, it just happens sometimes. Here you bring Fatu back after a few years away. You put him in a thong so his big fat ass is hanging out. You make him this pseudo sumo wrestler. You stick you randomly stick him with you know the two funky white boys and Scotty Too Hotty and Grandmaster Sexy, who were just a comedy act, and all of a sudden they dance together once and the crowd goes nuts for it. And not just that, but they, but the company own it, and they embrace mm-hmm. it, and that's the big difference. Is there'll be a lot of times where guys will get organically over, and the company aren't willing to embrace it and see where it goes. With this, it really felt like you know what? Let's roll with it. Let's run with it and mm-hmm. see where this goes. And it's funny how a few like there was, and I remember at the time, foolishly thinking this when the radicals came in and they ended up in a six-man tag against um, Too Cool. And, mm-hmm. and China. And I remember thinking, ah, oh, what a waste of them. But then when you break it down and you when you're looking at the year 2000 week by week, you go, actually, what the WWF did was they put this invading WCW faction with the hottest tag team in the company. And they were definitely over. They were over was, like uh... Rover. It was unreal. <laughs> and you couldn't have scripted it either. It just it happened. Yeah, it just and they just embraced it. And, and off to the races they went. 
as opposed to now when something gets over randomly it's like uh, i know better than you and then they kill it all yeah there is a there's a reluctance to uh, to let it breathe sometimes speaking of killed off we go to irs at a funeral home <laughs> We get the predictable death and taxes speech because he's he's mad at Undertaker for some reason. How often are funeral homes next to chapels? Uh, I don't think it's that rare because maybe you do the wake at the church. Mm. That's true, actually. Yeah, I just I just saw a cipher chapel and a cipher funeral. I haven't been to many funerals. I'm very blessed like that. But I uh, I just I just thought oh imagine if you it says funeral it says like chapel left funerals right. If you took the wrong turn, the day would take a weird <laughs> twist. <laughs> you know i've always wanted to do oh god i've always wanted to lead a funeral procession through the car wash <laughs> one day we will make your dream come true that's my fondest wish that and world peace whatever even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Adam Bomb versus Phil Apollo. Yay! So, I believe this may have been the debut of Adam Bomb's little tuft of mushroom cloud pyro. <laughs> little farty pyro from Adam Bomb. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you either do it or you don't. <laughs> well, you don't do like an actual mushroom cloud because then there's no more arena. <laughs> it was just a bit. <sighs> well, maybe, maybe a little bit of smoke was just pre- was a precursor to his time in Chronic. It's true. That's nice. That's a little call forward <laughs> see what they did there now this this match right mm-hmm. uh, i'll let you break down the riggers but i'll just to get the ball rolling um is this the first time that a jobber has jumped an actual talent i'm pretty sure it's not because mm. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's happened before but although it is rare because apollo does jump bomb and bomb gives him the um you know constipated eyes 
<laughs> it has yeah, zero that, effect. Yeah, so it's a very Hogan-ish face when when Hogan starts going into the um, you know, angry dog <laughs> comeback. As <laughs> Apollo Apollo jumps him, doesn't work. Savage promotes this John Candy movie tribute because he they passed away earlier that year, sadly. So it's one of Savage's either his next to last or his last movie plug ever. Oh, stop it! It's making me sad. It's okay. We'll get through it. Leave the memories um, alone. <laughs> the water see because I don't do. I don't know what it means. <laughs> trying to take Strummerwitz's job? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Strummerwitz, uh, a cover of Leave the Memories Alone when Savage leaves. Oh, we have a better idea for oh, that. Oh, God. I'm scared. A much better I'm idea. I'm scared, excited, and aroused all at the same time. <laughs> he may have a guess for that one. <gasps> so, so Bomb hits the flying clothesline. Adam Smasher finishes. Then bombs in the midst of uh of, of his post match glow when he's jumped by Bob Backlund. Yay! Because Bob Backlund is against nukes. <laughs> he's even in a microwave. He puts him in the chicken wing, and Adam Bomb, powerful Adam Bomb, cannot get out of this hold. He certainly gives it the old college try, doesn't he? <laughs> he he does try, but Bob Backlund's grip is like a it's like a bear's maul. <laughs> Bob Backlund's like travel-sized Brock Lesnar. He's just—he's just, he's just a, a gritty, a gritty man, isn't he? A gritty, a gritty man. Uh, are we teasing yes, Backlund big. versus Bob as the first title feud post Survivor Series? Should Backlund win? La 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 la. Well, I would hope so. Could, could maybe. The, I'll move the houses will bomb for being so Wee. bad. Although he won't get over, I'm not—I'm not against a, an Adam Bomb main event push. Like, you could do so much worse at this time. And they would. And they will. Okay, not, never, maybe not in that sense, but... But speaking of Bomb, we go to King's Court. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, this no. Is, uh, I, was afra- I was afraid of this. Uh, interesting thing from The Observer regarding Jerry Lawler. BS. <laughs> I mean, there is a bit of that. <laughs> uh, the USWA uh, 17th of October show... Headlined by Undertaker versus Sid Vicious, drew the company's second largest house of the year. 3,103 paid. 16 grand made on the door. Reports we got... Wow. I know, right? Madness. Reports we got were that the match had a lot of heat, was surprisingly good. Very nice. The fact this house was drawn on a show that didn't include either Jerry Lawler or Brian Christopher wasn't lost on a lot of people who believe that Lawler has destroyed his local drawing power by his WWF stint as a heel being on local TV whilst playing a top babyface also on local TV. And I get that. I kind of get, I kind of get that. It's almost like Memphis fans um, adhere to kayfabe and, and are confused by these developments. Yeah, <laughs> and also, you casual fans who maybe just watch a bit of WWF, if they see Jerry Lawler's in the area, they're going to boo him. This time it's a different Lawler, like how we had Sean and Ian Mooney. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Have like Jer- Jerry and Rufus Lawler. <laughs> Jerry and Ian Mooney Lawler. <laughs> Ian Mooney, Ian Mooney Lawler. That's how we get around it. You know, we, when we said we said that, it was an example. We, it wasn't wasn't it to be taken literally. Well, speaking of, of, of 
of killing off local drawing power, this this right here should play, possibly play a part in that. So Lawler starts off by insulting a woman with the old line of, is that your face or did your neck throw up, which <laughs> I never really got for a line. At this point, I wrote down the following six words. I took a 20-minute walk because I needed a break from this. <laughs> so did you not watch this or did you walk after? No, I came back. I, I just hit pause. Okay. <laughs> I needed to regain my strength. It was it was a it was a tiresome segment. It really was. Oh yes, but but it had logical progression because Lawler points out that well, I have queasy to neutralize Dink, and I have sleazy for Wink, which is an amazing sentence. So who will neutralize Pink? So well, guess what? So what? Because cheesy is still a rock star. <laughs> I say pink looks way different. <laughs> yeah, but she so, still yes. bells out the hits. His name is Larry Gibson, which is a much... Anyway, is it a much better name than Cheesy? I don't know. This is a, at least Cheesy has zing to it. Could he have been like Easy or Easy Peasy? <laughs> Please welcome Easy or Peasy. <laughs> Lemon Squeezy. <laughs> Measly. He called him Measly because he is small. Nah, you're adding an L. That's. It could be Geezy. <laughs> Geezy's not a real word. Wheezy. Skeezy. <laughs> there you go. Sleazy and Skeezy. Come on, that's an awesome team. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, yes, uh, we have um, Lawler and his three little sidekicks. Issues the Challenger Survivor Series. I actually were here. I actually feel bad for Lawler because he has to carry this wreck. <laughs> he's doing <laughs> the best he can with the skills that he's got, and and and, and he's, he's he's very skilled. But he has this. He's selling this like he actually believes in it, which is to his credit. Absolutely to his credit. But nobody's buying this. And Savage came and get his line right at the end, which you, which you know Vince Vince wrote this for him. You can tell. He says, Lawler's got three of a kind, but I got a flush. And Vince has to go, uh, a royal flush, no doubt. Someone <laughs> correcting him. Oh, Christ. Oh, Lord. Oh, man. Savage, you were so close with Lawler's line. So close. But, hey, good news. We have a great match coming up this weekend. Sadly, it's not on Raw. The famous tag team match between Shawn Michaels and Diesel versus Razor Ramon and the one, two, three kid on the action zone, which if you've never seen this match, it's on the click rules. DVD it is one of the best tag team matches in company history. See, I, be, I remember hearing about this and I'm really mm. up for it. I mean, the promo itself is interesting because it looks as if like all the charisma is on the Diesel Shawn Michaels end of things. Shawn Waltman, Cuts a promo about taking the tag titles like he's a deer in the headlines. It's like, who just want a chance to be the champions? Meanwhile, Nash is quitting the mask. Smoking! <laughs> they just, like, ooze it at this point. And they build a match as arrogance versus confidence. <laughs> it's good. And, and as right. you say, it ends up being one of the best matches. And it definitely does, isn't it? And in fact, it, it does play a role in a future turn, this match. It will um, sort of set, help set wheels in motion for events that come the following month. 
And speaking of Diesel, we have Diesel versus Ben Jordan here. Poor Ben Jordan. We have no Sean here for this match. So obviously they're prepping Diesel for the singles run by having him coming out have him come out alone. We learned that Sean is not here because he's redecorating the Heartbreak Hotel. That's a good excuse, is Eddie? Because they can't announce Tom. that he's injured because he's um because they've got him out of the action zone, as we've just talked about. But Shawn Michaels is legit yes. injured, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he broke his hand at a house show recently. They've just got to keep up appearances for another week. Now, Tom, if you if you didn't show up to work because you're redecorating your flat there. Well, I, I live here and I work here at the moment, so it wouldn't be an issue. Okay, well, I'm saying... <laughs> At a different job where you had to physically be there, like, say, called the Hawks offices when when, when they opened back up. If you stayed home and told Adam, I'm not coming in, I'm redecorating, would you expect Adam to, like, come to your house and just beat you or something? Um, Probably. If I booked it through the proper channels as a day off, then I've got got holiday. Then it's fine. (laughs) Well, see, see, that's the problem. See, you're an employee... Shawn Michaels is an independent contractor. Even more so. If Shawn Michaels wants to book a day off, then he's well within his rights to. I suppose. As an independent contractor. Like, you don't get you don't get holiday pay, but you can take as many days off as you want. You just don't get paid for them. I suppose you're right. I'm just being I'm just being facetious. Um <laughs> and, and I'm just playing along. <laughs> Even so, John, Shawn Michaels doing his house up. Thank you. So Nash does the usual manhandling of poor Ben Jordan here. Get the side slam, we get the snake eyes. And after after he hits snake eyes, Vince says, "Look at Jordan's eyes." Well, well, well we can't see his eyes because yes, he was laid face down on the mat. And then he goes, "I imagine if he would, he, uh, he would look reptilian." Now it's not called snake eyes for that reason. <laughs> It's a reference to when Nash plus Vinny Vegas in WCW, a Vegas character, <laughs> Snake Eyes. You roll them bones, you get Snake Eyes. Two ones. Oh, man. So, cosmic sign, Vince, the, cos- the cosmic dance continues. As if that wasn't bad enough. Remember we said earlier about Vince obsessing over mentioning football-related matters? Yeah. As if he's trying to tell his audience, hey, there's a football game, I'll watch that instead, without realizing it. Mm-hmm. Vince pretends it's Ben Jordan's birthday. Just the segue and then mentioning the birthday of legendary Giants quarterback Y.A. Tittle. <laughs> I didn't know about Y.A. Tittle. This is news to me. It's a great, it's a great name. No, that his name was actually Yar Tittle. Well, actually, that's a lot. <laughs> you see, Vince at Quiz Savage on what the YA stood for. Savage was dumbfounded as Vince goes, yeah, it's just yeah. Well, I'm here to tell you, Tom, that was a lie. <gasps> Vince lied to us. I know, I can't believe it either. What's the YA stand for? He has, this is the most amazing name I've ever seen in my life. If Wikipedia is to be believed, and he never lied ever, his name is Yelberton Abraham Tittle Jr., what was that first name? Yelberton. Yelberton. Gosh. Yes. That's a hell of a name. If we have a Yelberton that listens to this podcast, I would love to meet you. Not only that, 
but he, he's also a junior. So there are two Yelberton Abraham Tittles that have walked this oh, planet Christ, before. Christ, there's at least two. Well, Mr. Tittle has since passed away. He died in 2017. Pro Football Hall of Fame inductee. Had a great career. Worth mentioning on a football broadcast, but not during Monday Night Raw. When the when when your core audience, the ones you're marketing to, were, were born approximately 20 years after he last played football. I can tell you that there is a Yalberton uh, in Paynton in Torquay in the UK. That is, there's really? actually a place called Yalberton. And if I was to, to to travel from where I live now to Yalberton, I would be there in six hours. So there's a trip potentially that could be made. <laughs> if I start now, I can be back in time for backlash. I don't know what your middle name is, but I think you should change it to Yalberton. I don't actually have a middle name, so there is room you... to have a middle really? name. No, I was born without a middle name. Wow, you... You could be T. Y. Campbell. <laughs> no, I'm sorry that if my if my middle name was Yalberton, I'd insist that everybody call me Thomas Yalberton Campbell. It would sound more regal that way. I think it would. I'd insist that I'd be called Yalberton in all correspondence. See, I can't change my middle name because that would screw up all the uh, Twitter plugs. What is your middle name? My middle name is the same as the first name of a cultaholic employee. Oh, Sam. <laughs> with a silent with a silent r yes awesome <laughs> so it's ross yes it is ah, justin ross henry correct mundo ah, the more you know dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so ross and i are kindred spirits <laughs> so diesel keeps being jordan up big boot and jack knife finish and then uh Speaking of wonderful segues, because Vince is the master of shoehorning segues in there, says Jordan might want to go on strike after that match. And speaking of, there should have been a World Series this week, but no, because they're on strike, and we get the our season never ends ad. Just, just, to, just to push that push that point a little bit further. Oh, he should have gone on strike because he'd been he'd been the first wrestler to ever go on strike because they're not allowed to because they don't have a union. <laughs> yeah, you know, fat wrestlers will never strike because there's no way to strike. Exactly, unless you're unless you're on unless you're Undertaker, in which case you're the best pure striker in the, in professional wrestling. <laughs> and you could strike all day. Exactly, but man, that was a lot of football references on this show. Like overdrive with it. They just like you say, they're just obsessed. They are obsessed. It's almost like you know how when it's almost like that schoolyard crush where you run up to where you run up to the one you have a crush on and you punch him in the arm and run away. Because you're showing aggression, but really you just want to like be liked by them. Yeah, and you, it's a very primitive way of trying to get attention. That's this, and I'll tell you who noticed that: our good friend Strummerwitz. Oh, and has he organized it in song form? Oh, you know it, Strummerwitz. Take it away. I see you sitting over there with your massive market chair. Think that you own Sundays Little do you know that someday You and America are gonna see What Action Zone takes over TV Pre-game shows are only chatter But we've got what truly matters So while we long gaps away 
almost happy to say that we've got Owen versus Bray. Fox is living in regret. Wrestling is America's game. People yapping about sports is lame. And forget watching you guys play. Who cares about football And to watch Barry Sanders spin through the rush For those with just tiny doses I'm on the obsessed Even though I've been digging the AFC West This isn't an inferiority complex I only watch football whenever I'm bored with Lex And I can mention the birthday of Wyatt Tittle Because my self-esteem's as high as Matt Riddle We know you're watching us during commercial breaks Keeping tabs on us as you quiver and quake It's not like we talk football more than our own stories Even if Buddy Ryan gets more mentions than guts and glory Look, the NFL might be winning now, but we're only a failure Business will be booming once we sign Lawrence Taylor Which you make all desperate a sign of sorrow To which I reply Do you have any more stars we can borrow? Do you have any more stars we can borrow? Do you have any more stars we can borrow? Do you have any more stars we can borrow? Do you have any more stars we can borrow? Do you have any more stars we can borrow? Do you have any more stars we can borrow? Do you have any more stars we can borrow? Do you have any more stars we can borrow? Do you have any more stars we can borrow? Do you have any more stars we can borrow? Well, it's uh it is true. We'll be seeing Lawrence. We'll be seeing Lawrence Taylor before long. <laughs> and we had Walter Payton at SummerSlam. God, they love football here in this they company. They really, really do. Love that. Lovely stuff. They love football, but they hate the pregame shows, which is a reminder. Watch the action zone. <laughs> so on next week's show, we have it's, it's the Halloween show. Have a nice little pumpkin That's graphic. That's lazy. That, that pumpkin flesh. graphic is so lazy. Just clip art. Just Let's find some clip art. <laughs> yes, it's like there's a pumpkin. It was either that or, or that very generic ghost that when it was like the black eyes and the black mouth looks like a bowling ball. <laughs> it just yeah. So we got more on Survivor Series. We have Undertaker on King's Court. That should be fascinating. Luger versus Backlund. And here Backlund hits the ring. Starts doing his uh, butcher knee, knee drops. He's early for the match, apparently. Which is next week, that's a wig. Well, you see, Tom, this was taped the same night. I was going to so. say, this feels like a miscue. <laughs> that they just went, <laughs> and, and, sod and it, it, we'll just roll with it. Yeah, I think, that, I think, I think that's what happened. But he sit back and hung out for a week. <laughs> which, which I could see happening. Like I could believe that. Yeah, yeah, it, that's certainly what it looked like, and it's just one of those things where because they, they, they are they are so tight in terms of timing, they, uh, mm-hmm. they just they, oh we'll just incorporate it, and there you go, that's the episode done. We'll figure it out afterwards. And that was raw. There you go. There you go. I mean, it was it was better than the week before. It's there was certainly a little bit more to love in there than what was. I genuinely stand by the whole thing that Ramon and Yoko should have had a bit more build to it. Yeah, but it's what's done is done, and 
you just leave it alone and don't regret it. But sometimes some things turn into dumb things, and that's when you put your foot down. <laughs> That'd be a good slogan for this era, wouldn't it? <laughs> What's done is done. Just leave it alone. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Nevertheless, Survivor Series is around the corner. Uh, how many weeks till Survivor Series now? Is it? I believe. Uh, I want to say four. We're not far off. We'll keep things ticking over mm-hmm. until then. We shall laugh along the way as we go. Until we next meet. Uh, he is at JRH Writing. I am at Tom Campbell. Together, we are at Cultaholic. Don't forget to join us. <gasps> is it Savage's last show next week? Yes. Oh, God. Love you. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.